Hey everybody, this is Adam from the Back Patio Network and my buddy Mike Atkins, uh, co-founder of NerdsOnEarth.com. And we're here to record a little bit of an anime podcast for you, something a little different. Pretty heavily inspired by the All Systems Goku. Uh, Mike and I love those guys over there, love to listen to them. Yep, kind of killing me that they're on a little bit of a hiatus right now, um, but we really, really dug that idea and started spitballing uh, what what kind of anime could we possibly do this with and have, have the same kind of fun that we enjoy those guys having. Uh, we tossed around a couple ideas. Overlord was one. One Piece was one, but that has like 17,000 episodes, so we felt yeah, a little... Intimidated about that. Yeah. So we ended up landing on My Hero Academia, which seems to be pretty uh pretty popular anime at the time, right now, yeah. that time being. So I've uh, heard a lot of people are really getting into it. Uh, I know he's in a new game coming out soon, so Yeah, the Jump Force, I think. Um Yeah, and you know, I've loved anime since I can remember. I, I grew up watching it. Um really, really huge on Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and some of the other really famous 90s animes. So this one really kind of piqued my interest because I've heard a lot of people say that it is very similar to some of the older ones like that. Yeah, and this was one that you and I had both determined we neither of us have seen any of it. Um, but obviously, because of its popularity, we've heard some folks talk about it uh, in little pieces here and there. So just, uh, just based on that, on your minor exposure to My Hero Academia, did you go into our viewings of episode one and two with any kind of predictions about what you were going to see or how the show was going to develop? Yeah, I had a few predictions. I wasn't like, I really had no premise. I had no idea what the actual show itself was about. So my basic predictions were that there were probably going to be like, you know, the normal hero that's kind of goofy and the, the badass anti-hero, you know, the one that everybody really loves. Um, so whenever I went into it and it, it kind of had that with, uh, Deku and Katsuki, you can kind of feel like, oh, maybe it's going to be some of the other animes, but the big key factor to me that makes this one really different so far that I didn't expect is that the main character doesn't have any powers. Yeah, that's true. Well, I was curious, like what, one of the only predictions I made for my hero was, um, when, uh, so all might shrivels like he, you know, deflates uh, down into his like little skinny dude state. Um, and I was wondering if, if Deku is going to f- uh, like blackmail his way into the superhero Academy by being like, you better let me in or I'm going to tell everybody your secret. That's what I thought was going to happen. Um, because I didn't, I mean, so the right before that happens, you get the end of episode one, which is where Deku is asking All Might if somebody who's quirkless could could even be a hero. And as the credits were rolling, I was like, I don't know which direction this show is going to take with an answer because I could I could at the time I could see it answering it both ways. I could see All Might saying yes and giving Deku a little bit of hope, but I could also see him saying no and Deku kind of feeling like he's got to rise to this new challenge. Um, so then the second episode begins and All Might trivels or, you know, deflates, however you want to talk about, talk about it. His, his quirk runs out, I guess, as his time-based or some such. Um, and they, they get into that a little bit later on in the second episode, like why he has, suddenly has a time limit if it didn't have one before, or at least it's much shorter than it used to be. Um, and I was like, oh, like, is Deku about to blackmail his way into this academy and, and uh, you know, finally get to rub that pretty seriously into his, uh, into Katsuki's face, you know, the, his 
his uh, court power. Yeah, his powered rival. That's funny because I didn't see that. It like whenever uh, it was funny because he deflated, you know, and then uh, Deku asked him, you know, can I still be a hero without having powers? And I went ahead and write wrote down like, of course. All Might says yes. Like, he's the hero. Of course he's going to say yes. So when the next episode started and he said no, I was like, oh, my God. I didn't see that coming at all. That really threw me off. Um, At one point, he tells him to become a policeman, be a police officer if you want to be a hero without a quirk. And I think he says something along the lines of, like, it's it's good to have a dream, but you also got to be realistic. And I, I, as a pragmatist, like, I totally resonated with that line. Uh, But you still are kind of, like, secretly cheering for Deku throughout that entire conversation because his, his perceptions... Not just of All Might, um, but of his chances to be a hero, which has been his, you know, lifelong dream ever since quirks started arising all over the globe. Um, they, the, those perceptions are, de- I mean, demolished, shattered into a billion pieces uh, between the very end of the first episode and the beginning of the second. Absolutely, especially after all the background with like his mom and how. You know, she's got powers. His dad's got powers, which I don't. We don't really know if the dad is involved or if he's dead or I, uh, we haven't seen him yet. But we know that yeah. he can breathe fire. Um, but you know, it they show this scene of him like crying, watching All Might on like YouTube or something, and asking his mom like, "Can I be a hero without powers?" And she just says, "I'm sorry." And he brings that up several times. Like that seemed to really just kind of decimate that poor kid. Yeah, they really set up. Um, Deku's like hero worship of All Might pretty well and emotionally I mean they make it a very personal very intimate uh, process over the course of these two episodes of like you're saying watching this YouTube video of of All Might being this hero and him asking his mom and his mom and dad both having powers then there's that scene in the doctor's office um, where they took an x-ray of his foot to yeah, determine like, if he would have a quirk. And I thought that was the weirdest, like, what in the world does the, why does the quirk, why is it tied to a pinky toe? Like, yeah, that seems so arbitrary. Like, uh, the, the most arbitrary reason that you don't have a quirk is because you have a third pinky toe joint. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like that it was something really dumb, you know? Yeah, and then you see, I also like to, so the show kind of takes like a syndrome approach to superpowers a little bit where like syndrome from the Incredibles from the Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. Where it says like 80% of the world now has powers. Um, but you also, some of them are just, I mean, unextraordinary, like they're just very mundane or silly or, uh, you know, there's still a lot of awe surrounding some of the powers so that like, sure, everybody's got powers, but not everybody has freaking awesome powers you know? right like i think the mom could lift lightweight things like she like make them levitate yeah and i remember there were several times it seems like one of the powers it kind of reminds me of the um i think they were called the morks from x-men like the the mutants that live in the sewers where their mutant power just kind of makes them look different yeah um there were several people in the crowd when all might was fighting the the slime guy that you could tell they had powers, but they weren't cool. You know, like there was one dude that had his his ears were kind of shaped weird, and some of yeah. them just kind of sort of look like animals. Like there's nothing; they don't appear to be special powers. You know, they couldn't be a superhero with it. Yeah, I think that the X Men creatures that you're talking about is the Morlocks as well. Morlocks, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, and then so in talking about some of these powers that were kind of on showcase in the first couple of episodes, uh, so Katsuki, this this big rival guy. 
I remain unimpressed with his power, but he seems so sure of it. Because at one point, I, like I have in my notes, I said, is Katsuki's power even all that great? Because he goes on the offensive against Deku after a teacher like points out that Deku was trying to get into this hero academy. So Katsuki yeah, the Harvard, the Harvard of heroes. Yeah. So Katsuki and his little cronies corner Deku in, in the school, like in, in the classroom, which seems strange too, but... So Katsuki goes on the offensive, but with his powers, he he like barely singes the notebook, this paper notebook that Deku has, and he doesn't even do that much to Deku's school uniform. And I was like, if he was trying to menace or intimidate Deku, there are certainly better ways than just slightly charring a piece of paper, even if it is with your hands, because superpowers in this world are kind of ho-hum, you know? Um, and then he gets bodied by that slime thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see him go all out i guess maybe he was holding back for reasons yeah um, see i kind of assumed he was holding back because they they mentioned that deku and katsuki were friends as kids because like katsuki's got those two other bully friends that were like hey you know you were kind of rough on them you shouldn't have been that bad like weren't you guys friends at some point so i kind of assumed he was holding back but you're right then the slime guy attacks and he doesn't really seem to do any damage to the slime guy at all yeah, and it could just be that the his power is at odds with the slime guy, you know, like rock versus scissors kind of thing. That's um, true. That's true. So yeah, because All Might uses like wind powers, and I yeah. I do have to say this: I love the fact that every time All Might attacks, he has a named attack. Like Texas Smash is one yeah. of them, yeah. uh, and the other one was like Detroit Wind, I think. Yep, that's right. So yeah. l- let's talk about this as just a general anime convention because. Like in Naruto, it made some sense that you had to like, I guess, vocalize your jutsu. But yeah, like you in have to like so call on the jutsu. anime, these powers have this verbal component. You know, like like in D and D, there's a verbal component to all these things. So like in One Piece, he said gum gum before everything, gum right. gum pistol, gum gum rocket, and all this stuff. And then in this, you get the same thing. You get the same naming convention, which is just super silly to me for some reason. And and listen, Dragon Ball Z is guilty of it too. Um, and, and so it makes me wonder sometimes like, do these powers not work if that verbal component is missing? And uh, oftentimes they feel, so like DBZ kind of ran with the naming convention and had a little bit of fun with it when Gotenks fused. Yeah. Because um, Gotenks had the most ridiculous names for his powers. He had stuff like the Charging Ultra, Boo Boo Volleyball, and Super Ghost Kamikaze Attack, you know, just these over-the-top ridiculous, you know, these preteen boys clearly came up with these names. Um, and so it's just, it's it, it struck me as kind of silly that that convention or that trope is present in so many anime, that that is just a thing that is normal, I guess. If you're going to use a power, you got you to gotta call it something and then speak those words every time you use it kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and so two things on that. The first is I always thought it was weird that Gotenks came up with any kind of names for their attacks simply because I would think like 12-year-old me, if my dad was a Saiyan and I watched him fight and he called on these all these crazy names, I would be like, that's kind of silly. And I wouldn't do it myself. You <laughs> know what I mean? So I always yeah. thought it was weird that like, I guess they're just taking after their parents and their brothers. Um but on top of that, it makes me wonder if maybe we all have these powers in real life and we just haven't figured out the right names yet. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like um, uh, in Patrick Rothfuss's novels, The Name of the Wind, you know, the King Killer Chronicles, you have, to, you have to figure out the secret names of things in order to harness their power. 
Um, see, I've so, not read the Kingkiller Chronicles, but I've heard they're great. Yeah, they are. So that's that's funny. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, that that is that is pretty funny. Maybe we just don't know the right names for things yeah. yet. I think that's kind of been a common trope with anything magical, though. Like, I, I feel like maybe not Lord of the Rings so much, but a lot of the more fae-like creatures in, in some of the more mystical books, like, you had to know their true name, you know? Or, yeah. or even, like, in demonology, like, if you know the demon's true name, then you can control them kind of thing. Yeah. But... but they do put some pretty interesting powers on display in the first couple episodes. You'd mentioned that All Might seems to be wind-based somehow, and then you've got uh, Katsuki's is, like, fire-based. Then you had... There's a dude whose name was Death Arms, which I thought was the best. <laughs> yeah, Death uh, Arms is so cool. Yeah, and it's they just call him the punching hero. Like, that's his thing. He just yep. punches stuff. He just punches stuff, which is totally draft. ineffective on the slime. Yeah. Yeah, though, man, that slime, again, it's almost, I wonder if it was just like a, like a rock-beating scissors thing, because there were like three or four uh, heroes that were like, I guess we have to wait for somebody with the right power set to come, you know, come, come by and, and fix this, because... Uh, Death Arms couldn't punch it. Backdraft couldn't do anything. Uh, the wood guy, Kamui, I think was his name. Yeah, Kamui seems really cool. And all the girls seem to kind of feign after him. Yeah. He was like Stretch Armstrong, but like but a wood. twig blight Stretch yeah. Armstrong. It kind of reminded me of like, uh, I think it's uh, the Deku Zelda. Yeah. He also, <laughs> you his have hat a, or his helmet also looks like an acorn. Yeah, it sure does. And then you also had, uh, what was your name, Mount Lady or Lady Mountain, I think? Yep, Mount Lady. Who so, couldn't even get to the fight because she needs two lanes to walk in. I, yeah, I thought that was, was so ridiculous. Funny. And her, so her first appearance had me cracking up too, just because it's just over the top anime embracing itself as anime. Yeah. Where you have all these like reporters snapping all these pictures and she says, pleasure to make your ass acquaintance. <laughs> um, and so she's like super self-aware that she's like, she's the eye candy for now at least right um but yeah and then she can't she can't get to the scene because she she can't walk where there where there aren't two lanes which is that's just it's just silly i mean right which she fun. actually made me think of something i've got a note here uh so they they talk about how being a superhero is an actual job like that is the pretty much if you have a cool power, that is your occupation. You're a superhero and i guess the government is the one that is regulating all the heroes which yeah. it sounds like a bad idea to begin with. Like the government can barely get half of anything right. So let alone governing heroes with powers, you know, but on top of that, they mentioned that the government pays them depending on how many jobs they do. So all I could think of is just this giant lady destroying the city, trying to save somebody from something simple, like this shark guy that just stole a purse and then right. them like fining her, like, yeah, we're we're gonna pay you thirty five bucks, but you're gonna owe us a thousand because you just wrecked that building. Yeah. So did you feel the same way about government um, kind of having control over powered individuals watching Marvel's uh, Civil War? Oh yeah. Like they don't have any business in this in this arena. Absolutely, like one hundred percent. I I I was never Team Tony ever. Never Team Stark. I was Captain America, man. <laughs> Like in my mind, I like. I guess I, I keep seeing the government, like our current state, just kind of do things I don't always agree with, you know. And so I'm like, there's no way that I would ever want the government telling me what I can do with my powers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you if you ever get around to watching One Punch, if you have not, it sounded earlier like you hadn't. Um, oh no, I, similar... I love One Punch. One Punch okay. is phenomenal. 
there's a similar system in that too, where they get like rated, you know, like they're assigned some sort of rank or class and then they get calls for varying degrees of calamity. Um, and it we, seems very organized and bureaucratic to a degree. It really does. Uh, and it's interesting, though, because in that one, it kind of seemed like there was a governing body of heroes, not so much that it was also government politicians. Mm. But I, it makes me wonder in this world if if it is like the politicians, like political government that is governing the heroes. I wonder if certain heroes sponsor like certain governors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be some really weird... Uh, What's the term for it, where they split up different counties and whatnot? Is that gerrymandering? I'm yeah, possibly. I think I so. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, I think that would just be. It's kind of like NASCAR with superheroes and, and politicians. I think. Yeah, and I had. Um, this is another kind of wild guess that I took, and my hero was, uh, you know, Deku was keeping these notebooks. I'd mentioned that uh, Katsuki had like burned one earlier on, mm-hmm. um, and in these notebooks, he like does these hand drawings of the hero, but then he also lists like what their power is. Um, and he's very analytical. So like when he ends up getting involved in the fight where Katsuki is held captive by that slime monster, he's kind of cycling through the notes that he's taken. And so I thought maybe he would be like his, his quirk was an intellectual one where he was like super analytical and there's precedence for that inside of like Marvel comics. There are these, like super smart geniuses that might have no other power to their name besides the fact that they're wicked smart, you know? Yeah. Um, and I wondered if, if they would take Deku in that direction. Uh, it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not convinced yet that that isn't a part of it. Um, but it was really funny too, that in his book for Mount ladies, um, entry, it just said huge and sexy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like in it. And that's all that he wrote pretty much. This is really funny. Uh, so I kind of went down that same thought line too. Whenever he rushed into battle, because they're doing that whole setup where it's like the slime is attacking the city after having escaped from All Might, and he's he's wrecking this one particular alley that Mount Lady can't get into. Um, he's got Katsuki kind of in a string, like a chokehold. He sees Katsuki's eyes, and he kind of makes this like he he claims that he was asking for help with his eyes, which I thought was kind of sweet. Uh, but he just rushes into battle. And, and the whole time he's rushing in, he's thinking, like, why am I doing this? Because I, I don't really want to. You know, he kind of seemed really scared. So my thought was maybe his quirk is that he just has, like, natural instinct. Kind of yeah. like uh, Goku's ultimate instinct. Like, maybe he his body just naturally knew how to fight. And he just hadn't discovered it yet because he hadn't jumped into battle yet. Yeah. But I, And I, I'm still not convinced that they're not going to go that route. Like, I'm not convinced that he doesn't have a quirk. Yeah, and I mean, the way that All Might ends up talking about that particular um, episode or experience of Deku's where most, he says something like, most heroes have this story from their school days where their body moved without them thinking, which made it seem like a really general experience. Um, But I did wonder the same thing because he, Deku was very, I mean, he said it, I think once or twice that he, he, his, his legs were moving on their own. And it made me kind of think of, uh, you know, from, um, from resurrection F where Goku and Vegeta are training with Whis and Whis is like, listen, my, my body, it's almost like 
all of my appendages have a have a mind of their own. And it's like this untapped power that Whis is trying to get Goku and Vegeta to tap into because that's the pinnacle of power. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, he steps in some pink doo-doo. Um, <laughs> totally, totally ruins that that particular inspiring moment. But, um, yeah, they, All Might makes it sound like um, that is a common experience or maybe it was... A, an experience that mirrored All Might's own experience, it was it was hard to tell. Yeah, and I almost kind of wondered too, because there's a moment there where All Might hasn't transformed back into his hero self yet, and he's talking about, uh, he's calling himself pathetic. You know, like mm-hmm. this this kid is run, rushing into battle to help somebody, and here I am with these amazing powers, and I'm not even willing to try. Yeah. And I almost wonder if Deku's quirk is that he can inspire others, you know, and, and maybe that's not like a real quirk, like maybe that's not a real power, but he will use that as his power. Does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, in my notes, um, one of the last things that I had written down uh, at the end of episode two was kind of this evolution. I was continuing to spitball. How is Deku going to get into this um, this academy without a quirk? And uh, after that scene where he... Deku's in, engagement in in the conflict was inspirational um, to All Might. I wrote down is is Deku All Might's inspiration or muse, and maybe that's how he gets into the academy. Um, that maybe that that is like a particular take on on that quirk. Oh, that's actually a really good point. I I honestly just assumed. I think there's a scene where they're in the classroom. And the teacher is like, oh, so who's going to be a hero? Of course, all of you are going to be a hero, and, and except for Katsuki. He wants to apply to the UA, Harvard, basically, of, of hero. Um, and they're talking about how he's going to get in with his amazing powers. And he says something like, yeah, I don't want to be a sidekick like the rest of you in this class. And Yeah, I think he calls them all extra or extras. Either extras. way, it was funny and yeah, insulting. Yeah. Uh, but Deku is like, well, I'm going to get in because of my smarts. Like, you can just take a test, and if you pass, then you get in, you know? Yeah. But this may be a better way in is like, oh, well, I'm All Might's inspiration, so you should let me in. Yeah. But it also had, seems, um, it seems like in the intro, he's wearing some sort of, like, blue superhero suit. So I kind of wonder if he's going to turn into a Tony Stark and have, like, a suit that gives him quirk. Oh, like a, okay, that's interesting. I don't know that I paid that much attention. I knew he was wearing some sort of suit, but uh, I didn't notice if it was like, like a power suit of any kind. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be Tony Stark ish, you know. But it just kind of like I noticed that he was wearing something different, and I feel like in most cases in anime they don't change clothing unless it's an important reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um. I had this note as well for the second, and this is another direction I thought the show was going to take. Um, I, I don't know that it left the door open for this, but maybe, maybe it did, or maybe it'll become uh, like a future point of conflict or, or intrigue. But All Might has that slime guy in a couple of Coke bottles or something, you know, when he's <laughs> yeah. flying around and, and Deku's holding onto his legs and he ends up dropping the slime thing. Um, and I, I took a note and I said, I wonder if that was actually for the best, because what if, I mean, he, he checks for the slime guy in those Coke bottles in his pockets after, um, like he goes through, I'm pretty sure that the timeline is right in my brain where he, he checks and realizes that it's missing after he explained that after the, that fight with the chainsaw guy that he can only hold his, his all might form for so long. And it might have been 
for the best that that information didn't get out. You know, I mean, what if that slime like, monster leaked that info to the, the bad guy scene that All Might's only good for three hours a day? That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine that's something he would want the slime guy to know. I just yeah, love the fact that he was able know. to capture the slime guy in a two liter bottle. Like, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But then but later I, on, so, you see the slime guy and he's like massive. So it seems like he can really control how big and how small he is. Yeah. So I don't know that they, they seem to keep the cap on that one for now, at least. And if the three hour time limit persists, like as is a, an ongoing or permanent problem for, all might because of that uh, injury from I think the guy's name was Toxic Chainsaw. Toxic Chainsaw, um, yeah. That uh, if that is a permanent feature of that character, eventually that's got to get out right, and that that will cause uh, quite quite the stir in the bad guy scene. So I would be think so to see that unfold. Yeah, because he mentions uh, to Deku that that fight they he didn't have it broadcasted on TV. Like he was able to get the people to go away. I guess either that or he like pulled it after it had been recorded. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to see what happens with All Might cuz he seems like a really cool character that actually has some like I would say some significant flaws. Yeah, definitely. And and beyond his his little 3-hour time limit, um I mean he's got his hair which he just looks like a Pidgeotto on steroids when he's in his All Might form. <laughs> yeah, um, that's beautiful. I didn't even think about that. He he also has these he's he he gets kind of philosophical and like psychological in this discussion at the end of episode two where he's explaining uh to deku that he has to like i think he says that he smiles to trick the fear inside of him so he's putting on this tremendous facade because he knows that he's not not just an important fixture in society as far as like taking care of the bad guy um, but I, I think that he's got a pretty strong sense of responsibility as a symbol um, in society. And that is definitely true when it comes to Deku. Um, but it certainly couldn't be limited to Deku. And All Might's got to have an understanding of that. And so I think that that's why he was so concerned about, um, you know, that, that what information got out. Um, because he knows that he's, he stands for something and he doesn't want that standing to be diminished. And I didn't, I didn't take it as a point of personal pride for him so much as it, this is another way that he's serving the community is by keeping kind of like keeping morale up, even when he's not operating at a hundred percent. Yeah. I actually have the same note written down too. kind of like, it's not even so much that his reputation is on the line as much as he doesn't want to feel like he let down his, his followers. Because yeah. they make a really big point that he always saves the day with a smile on. And I, right. I felt like they really tried to hit that home. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like him as that symbol um, in him. I, I think I would have had, um, I would have taken a little bit of issue if it was just him endangering or potentially being, uh, you know, a, endangering the community by keeping this secret to himself just because he didn't want to hurt his own image um, as far as his own self-esteem or, or however you want to refer to it. But the fact that it, that it seemed to be that he was not concerned so much with himself, in fact, maybe even quite the opposite, 
um, but that he was concerned with, again, overall public perception of of him as a hero, as the hero of heroes. He is the face of heroes, you know, of super of super powered or you know these these guys that have these quirks that are extremely useful. He's the face of all of them. Yeah, it you know it, it kind of makes me wonder since we've got All Might who is like the I don't even want to say the leader of the heroes because it didn't seem like they were like a team. I mean, they kind of seemed like they wanted to outdo the others to some extent. But I wonder if the villains, like the the people that have quirks and use them for bad, if they're going to have an equivalent of All Might. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Um, there didn't seem to be any organization among the the criminal element of those with quirks like there seemed to be um, with the heroes. But yeah, that would be interesting. Who's who's the who's All Might's equal and opposite? Right. Or does he have one at all? Right. And I would be really surprised, honestly, if Katsuki didn't turn into some sort of, I don't want to say villain or antagonist, but he seems like he could become kind of jaded by the hero community, especially if they let Deku in. Um, yeah. I, I could see him kind of going evil, you know, and being like, well, Deku has no quirks. I'm the best of them all. Like, I will show you who's better, you know? Yeah, and he kind of gets burned. I don't remember who says it. I, I don't think it was All Might. I think it might have been the um, the Woods guy, the 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 Twig Blight Stretch Armstrong dude that called Katsuki um, a sidekick at one point at the very end of the second episode. Somebody was like, "You'd make for a good sidekick." You know that yeah. that was. I do that remember that because he says something like, "Once you grow up, you come let me know." Yeah, and you know, for for pretty much anybody. That would have been like a huge compliment, but not for Katsuki. That was like the ultimate burn. Yeah, because he even gets mad. He like chases after Deku and is like, you know, I know what you did. Like, I wasn't asking for your help, and you you did that, so I would have to owe you one, and I don't owe you anything. Like, he seemed pretty yeah. upset that someone that was lesser than him had to save him to begin with. Yeah, and Deku gets zero recognition, and that was the part that kind of made that scene so odd to me is... Katsuki wasn't mad with Deku because Deku got credit for anything in that battle from yeah. nobody. I mean, when when all the news crews or whatever show up to to um, to that scene, there nobody is talking to Deku. He gets nothing. Right. They, um, in fact, there are even I mean, heroes that are telling him like, "You should not have done that. You have no quirks. Yeah. Like you messed up." And then right, right next to that, they're all telling Katsuki like, "Man, you've got some cool powers." Yeah. So it just that. That scene where Katsuki was mad, I was like, for what? Like, he got no credit for that. You got you got credit, you know? Um, so, I don't know. He, he just... There's certainly a huge rivalry element there. And it's even showcased, like, in the opening to the show that the two of them are kind of at odds with one another. Yeah, um, it so, is yeah, because... it'll be interesting to see how it develops. Definitely, yeah. Because the beginning of the show, episode one, you know, you see Deku, like, protecting this poor little kid that seems to be getting beaten up by Katsuki... So it was really mm -hmm. weird to me when later on they say like, yeah, weren't you guys friends as kids? Because they certainly did not seem like friends at all in that episode. Yeah, and I wondered too, and, and this was kind of um, it was super early on. It might be like the opening scene to the show uh, is the one that you're describing. And I wondered if that person that Deku was protecting was quirkless as well, or if he was somebody that had a quirk that, um, that Kat, uh, Katsuki was targeting and trying to establish you know, a hierarchy or superiority over, um, either way, I, th I think that that marked Deku as a hero early on. I mean, by Absolutely. general definition, 
Um, so apart from a quirk, already they establish, I mean, scene one, that Deku has at least the heart or the, the will of a hero, even if he doesn't have uh, a conventional power that might qualify him as one otherwise. Absolutely, yeah. He has all the potential and none of the power. Um, I, I guess right. for me, it seemed like they were still like four years old at that point because uh, they reference, they go back to him as a kid several times in these first two episodes and every time he kind of looks the same. So I just assumed him and that kid hadn't gotten their powers yet because I did not know that he was going to be quirkless until they said so. It seems weird to me that he would be, but I guess it makes for a good story. Uh, but like I said, I'm still not entirely convinced he's quirkless. I think there's something there that we just either he doesn't know about it or it's going to be a really cool power that emerges later or it's going to be an unseeming power like you were talking about, like intellect or something. Yeah, and I think just like at the end of episode two, I felt at a at a crossroads and I could see the show going either way with that. You know, at the end of episode one, it was, does All Might say, no, you can't be a hero without a quirk, or yes, you can be a hero without a quirk. Um, and at the end of episode two, it was, okay, uh, we're kind of, it's almost like we're, we just watched like a retrospective, or at least we're getting this voiceover of a future version of Deku um, who has established himself as a hero. So then the question is not, can you or can't you, but are you really quirkless? Um, yeah. Or or has that changed? Um, and we get to, I like I like that, unanswered questions you know the show doesn't show all the cards right at the beginning um which is which is kind of neat that's what's going to keep me coming back and others coming back absolutely in fact i have a note here um my very last note you know i say all might shows up and he tells deco he can become a hero because he acted out of instinct and uh, this is the story about how i became the greatest hero and i have a note that just says all right this is the one and i can't wait to see how he becomes the hero (laughs) yeah I, I do want to bring up we'll something, be- though, that really it weirded me out because I cannot imagine this. Um, there's a, a moment where four-year-old Deku has like this All Might toy and he's playing with it. And he, he, asks, he keeps telling his mom, like, okay, come on, time for the computer, computer now. And she brings up this YouTube video of All Might at like this wreckage scene. And you can't really tell what's going on. Like, I couldn't figure out if it was like a terrorist attack or if it was like a villain that had attacked a city or if it was just a bad bus crash or what exactly it was. But it seemed like a pretty horrific moment. And yet Deku is like loving it because All Might's in action. And the mom seemed totally yeah. okay with letting him watch this like over and over and over. <laughs> it just seemed, yeah. it but seemed dark, you know? It did. I mean, there was no, there wasn't, you know, like if you were going to rate, rate that like, through the MPAA or whatever. Um, I don't know that that video would get an R rating because there isn't depictions of violence. You know what I mean? Um, it's, that's true. it's very much aftermath kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, I mean, it would probably, there were certainly bodies, but I think they were, I think they were alive that he was <laughs> carrying around. I think they were still alive. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just got a kick out of that. Cause I was like, well, the mom does not really care what this kid sees, but I guess in a world full of heroes and villains, that's probably the normal, you know? Yeah. And I wonder that, that little YouTube clip also, I think they had talked about that being like the beginning of the emergence of quirks, right? Um, that all might was kind of at the, f- at the front of this uh, epidemic. Like, I mean, I don't know how else to classify it. Where they're like, you know, one day seemingly there were no quirks and then all of a sudden there were. Yeah. Um, 
And I really like that they even mentioned that, like, the doctors just gave up trying to figure out why. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if they ever will answer that. I don't know that they have to. I kind of hope that they don't. I mean, sometimes we get too wrapped up with origin because we we have to have a, a why for everything, a reason for every little thing. And sometimes it's best to just go, you know, yesterday quirks weren't a thing, but today there are, and they're awesome, and so we're just going to explore them and not worry about, you know, what, what necessarily caused them. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did do some retreading or, or revisiting of the uh, the beginning of quirks. Yeah, I think, like, the human part of me really wants to know why, but I, I agree with you. There is a huge part of me that hopes they don't bother with it because I'd love focusing on the powers. But I, I guess yeah. I really am interested in knowing, like, why do certain people get really cool powers and other people seem to kind of get, like, almost genetic deformations, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the doctor, whenever they're talking about, you know, Deku doesn't have powers and the doctor tells him, like, yeah, you should just give up with the whole power thing. He mentions, like, okay, well, your dad can breathe fire and your mom can levitate light objects, so you should have some sort of amalgamation of the two. I thought that was really neat. Like, the idea that you inherit a mixture of your parents' powers, that seemed kind of cool. You know that that would lead to, like, eugenics at some point where... Oh, yeah. Like, people would be like, okay, you have this cool power, you have this cool power, imagine those things together, you guys need to start making babies. Um, <laughs> And that reminds me of like, um, uh, what's the villain in the X Men storyline that breeds like Jean Grey and Scott, basically? Oh, that's uh, Mister Sinister. Mister Sinister, thank you. I was going to call him Mister Insidious, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I could definitely see like this, like megalomaniac Mister Sinister. You know, let's find the two coolest powers and make them make a baby and and have this monster yeah. of some kind. It becomes that world's like primary form of arranged weddings or primary reason for an arranged wedding, it would no longer be for political clout or, you know, for wealth reasons or whatever, uh, or, or a, a social reason, like you would climb in standings, you would, you would pair off your kids because they would make a super cool hero power at the end. Like their kid would come out with a sweet quirk. Yeah. But that could also lead to some really interesting, uh, I guess, like, especially if the government is in control of these heroes in any sort, you know, you get a corrupt government and all of a sudden you're, you're creating super soldiers, you know? Yeah. So I think that yeah. leads to a lot of like really scary possibilities. Indeed. It's going to be interesting to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I think, I think this is going to be awesome. I'm really excited for this, but I think, I think that wraps it up for this, man. Those two episodes are pretty cool. Deaths. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. What uh, episode three? I mean, I'm curious to see what the academy is like and what what it offers these these corkified young teens. It kind of struck me as almost like an Avengers Academy flavor, you oh, know, where totally. they are getting a hold of these guys and you know, not just teaching them that they have powers. The kids already know that, um, but it's also, I mean, uh, you know, Xavier School for Gifted Students. You have these powers. So let's show you how best to use them or how to control them. That that's kind of the direction I assume they're going to go in, but we'll we'll see. I'm excited to see where they're, they're going to take it, man. This is going to be good. Me too. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, man. We'll see you all next week. Yeah.